five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Energize podcast Six Nations special. It is back by popular demand. What do you think of Barry? This this actually was one of the most popular ones we put out to yeah. date. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was also uh, one of the most interactive ones that people like came back to us and gave us their opinions on the rugby. And no better time to be talking about the rugby when Ireland are officially the Six Nations champions. How's it feel? You know what? It's almost underwhelming in one sense that Ireland have actually been so good this year that they've won it with a game to go. Does that make sense? As in, yeah, like, yeah, I'm almost like, I'm almost like, oh, I expect more of a grand slam feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing is, before they actually won the whole competition, we thought it'd come down to the St. Patrick's Day, and like, yeah. I think we were actually in our minds were building up the hype to, to that, and now yeah. that they won it because of the on the weekend, it was we're almost you could almost change the whole starting fifteen and put whoever out. I think it's because England were so dominant the last two years in the Six Nations that. When I was looking at the fixtures, I wasn't expecting England to lose at home to Scotland. No, and then I wasn't expecting them to lose away to France. Because France haven't finished in the top three in the last four or five years. And then yeah. I was just expecting that England were like, oh, Grand Slam last day. You know what I mean? I thought it was really going to come down to the last two teams. Yeah. Well, and, like Logically, I thought it made sense as well. Oh, no, 100% yeah. did. And I'm sure all English spectators were thinking the same. I don't think they. Yeah. I don't think they ever expected to lose to Scotland at home, and then really say would they have lost to France if they beaten Scotland? At home? You know what I mean? Probably not. Yeah, you see, it does. It doesn't even really come down to form, or does it come down to form? It's like some people just step up on the big occasions. Yeah, it was. It's just been a bit. Of a, it's almost been a bit of a strange tournament, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just been very, very impressed with the Irish rugby team. Yeah, but especially two out of what the four matches so far, it was literally. The last, like, it was one and one in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. Or last minute even as well. It was just very impressive. So we're going to start off by going back to our last Six Nations special, where we gave away tickets to see the Irish rugby team train. We actually gave away seven pairs of tickets in the end. Um, What's that all together? Fourteen tickets. <laughs> Fourteen, 14 tickets. tickets. Yeah, I actually think it worked out as five pairs or whatever it was. Two people brought. As a second person because someone dropped out last minute or whatever yeah. that, but that's that was fine they let us know in advance all the tickets were used um, we even had people flying over from the UK to come in and uh, watch the train session yeah. it was actually just really great spirits were so high um, um, before we go on I actually told my dad that uh, people actually flew in from, from Bristol was it yeah. and then people actually came from Belfast and stuff to come watch them and I was like what and I was like yeah I, it's just energised yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, anything for the lads so it was actually really, really great, and like everyone got really good photos with the players, except for us. Uh, <laughs> if you if you're ever trying to get a selfie with Johnny Sexton, make sure you take the photo. Don't let him take the photo because he's not a very good photographer. And then we also got a photo with Joey Carberry, which is much better. Yeah, but the thing is, I think when Johnny Sexton was taking the selfie with us, he sort of took a second look and he's like, "Are those the lads who like tag me and everything?" <laughs> <laughs> very us. It's like no, <laughs> but um. No, it was actually great to see the lads yeah. train. I know what was brilliant about it. The same fact that the first team actually trained against the under-20s. So yeah. it actually got the under-20s to have a look and also got us to have a look at the under-20s. Yeah. This is also the beginning of the the Beast from the East storm as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like the start of the snow yeah. and it was just... 
it was it was great sort of atmosphere in the stadium. There was over yeah. there was over three thousand people there. Yeah, which is a lot to go see a training session. In my opinion. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, well, definitely, yeah. But I think but it was there probably could have been more, really. Yeah, there could have been more. Yeah, there, there were the thing is they, they had so many people there, and there was loads of kids. Yeah, because remember we said beforehand, maybe like tickets are so expensive that like parents aren't going to really not not quote unquote yeah. waste the money mm-hmm. kid. But I mean, you'd probably rather have your best mate Dave there having a pint of Guinness rather yeah. than getting the Capri Suns for little Jack who doesn't, yeah. doesn't I, 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 know I, what's I, going on. I think basically what we said is like tickets to a rugby game are around like 60 to 80 euro and if you have two kids and like you want to bring the wife out, you know what I mean? You're like 300 euro in the hole to go yeah. see a rugby game as opposed to realistically you probably go you and your best mate 100 euro or like 80 quid for your ticket, 80 quid for his ticket and like have a few points yeah. and watch the game with your yeah. mates as yeah. opposed to like bring kids. It's almost like it was. it's actually worth taking the kids off school today, bring them to the Irish rugby team train and realistically, like that's probably if they get to meet and get a picture with some of the Irish rugby players, that's like going to be far more fulfilling than learning their like four times tables. Although some people might hate you for saying that, but in my opinion, anyway, because well, you don't. It's not like you get to see the Irish rugby team train every day. Yeah, well, uh, and then the people that we gave the tickets to actually tagged us in the photographs, and yeah. uh, they all nearly got photographs with like all the main players. Yeah, and they all had great time. <laughs> they did. Like, they I didn't hear did. one person yeah. have a great time, and then yeah. uh, even one of the guys like mum's message has been like oh you made this day out and all this and i was like jesus feel great like you know and it wasn't it was never a oh look at us look what we've done we did so great to get more people to go train that, that's what i felt oh was it no i'm joking no i'm not joking man. i was like all right but <laughs> i just felt that it was nice to provide people with the opportunity to yeah. meet some of their heroes yeah. and I was, you know, I just felt like very satisfied to see how happy they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, it's always amazing to put a mm. smile on someone's face. Like, and they were like giving away jerseys and tickets to the game as well, which was brilliant. So, fair play yeah, to you. Free and free yogurts. Free yogurts, Glensick. Glensick yogurts. Yeah. So the only negative part of the training was um, Chris Farrell, who put in a man of match performance against Wales, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, actually went off injured during the training session, and then. Unfortunately, he's been ruled out for the rest of the Six Nations tournament. So, I think that's going to bring us into our next topic of conversation on the podcast is the strength and depth of the Irish squad is probably stronger now than it ever has been. No, definitely ever, yeah. So, I suppose we should probably start in the front of the pack and then start and then work our way back to fullback. What do you think? Okay. So, like, I'll lose head prop. Straight away, you have Jack McGrath and Keane Healy. Both Leinster uh, props. And they're both outstanding. And they've both been very good this tournament, haven't they? Yeah. As we said before, I didn't think Keane Healy was going to be the same that he used to be. Yeah. But he's actually looks better. Yeah. And more agile and fitter yeah, than ever looks, before. Yeah, he looks like he's in the best shape I've ever seen him in. Yeah. And like... I went swimming with him on Christmas Day. He had abs and everything. I was like, geez, I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Prop. Yeah, know? but I think gone are the days yeah. that you're just this big, like... Yeah, but I like, wasn't expecting abs, though. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, gone are the yeah. days you're... You're like, the fat guy. Yeah, 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 it's like the fat guy plays prop. Like, but, and like, then you have Rory Best, who's obviously our team captain. Uh, in my opinion, like, I feel like he's almost maybe on the way out. I feel like he's getting that year old. I, uh, yeah, but also, also I think because, like, the whole pack looks very, very young now. He almost yeah. looks even A bit older. older. Yeah. yeah. And then Sean Cronin, he was like, he's actually one of my favourite players. Scored a try there against Scotland. And he just, when he comes on, he looks like he's such a burst of energy. And he's he's like 
looks extraordinarily fast off the back of them all as well. Yeah. Um, then you obviously have Tyg Furlong and Porter. And Porter, he might be the tight head prop of the tournament because Furlong was injured for a lot of the tournament. I know, that's the thing. And like, I, I yeah. Porter really stepped up. Yeah, I didn't think Furlong was going to go straight back in. But obviously when you have your like best, probably the best player on the team. Yeah, in, for position, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for position, yeah. yeah. Which is actually, like, I mean, there's actually a lot of yeah. great players. But I didn't think that he was going to get put back into the team straight away. Because mm. that's a good Porter's playing. Like for me, Porter would be my like tight head prop of the tournament. Which yeah. is frightening considering he actually Grew up playing rugby as a loose head pop yeah. as well. I was I was there at uh, one of the off the ball shows and they were explaining that uh, one of the old props called Jackman Bernard Jackman is yeah, it? Yeah, hooker. Yeah, the old hooker. Sorry, excuse me. And then he was previously saying that uh, playing loose head and tie head are just two different things altogether. Yeah, but like the way now Porter's have to come in and, and like swapping sides, swapping sides, and the transition is like he's probably been one of the best standout players as well. Yeah, it's been the seamless transition. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been so so impressive. But I remember yeah. last year there was a poll and they were voting on team of the year and Toy Furlong got the most votes in his position out of anyone in the world that he was the best toy yeah. head prop. Yeah. So that's how good Toy Furlong is. And it just goes to show that, you know, the fact that Andrew Porter is even competing with Toy Furlong is impressive. Yeah. Oh, you see the thing is this might sound naive, but like if you if you change one and three as in like loose head and toy head. Yeah. I don't see how it's such a big transition. Like, would it be such a big transition from the second row as four and five? I, I think it's because you you never played in the forwards and you were playing rugby. You were always on the wing, but and no, the, it's and the bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's actually it's actually no, it's actually totally different because it's gonna sound stupid, but if you're playing uh, loose head props, if you're playing number one, your head is actually on the outside of the scrum, and okay. if you're playing tight head prop, you're actually. Your head's in the middle of the scrum. Okay, yeah. So it's actually like two different angles that oh, you're okay, driving yeah. in at. Right. And like they're two totally different. Like they, they've, it's always said that the loose head prop, so the number one is a much more technical structure and then number three has been more of a powerhouse. Okay. That's, to put it in loose terms for people who maybe don't understand it. But it actually is, because I've played both and it's always, it's easier to play tight head because you just push as hard as you can <laughs> as opposed to when you're playing loose head, there's a bit more technical scrummaging aspects yeah. into it. Yeah. They're all, they're also saying there the other day that uh, they're not really uh, don't show the scrummaging machine. Yeah, they're not really doing that anymore. It's more based on all on like technique. Yeah, no, well, I'm not surprised, and especially considering the quality of forwards we have that they can scrum against each other. Yeah, it just makes it a far more better technique to use because like really see the scrum machine is just there and you sort of just push it. Yeah, you don't really get to like work your technique against a scrum machine, and I'm almost surprised that there's not a new scrummaging machine that emulates a front row. Yeah. In the scrum like, think, think about John the Bull Hayes. He would have been pushing that down. He hit down the M50. Up the cliffs of Moher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, I suppose the second row is then you have like young James Ryan, who's made some very good tackles in this tournament. Uh, yeah. Very, very impressive. Uh, Devin Toner. Can't miss him. Can't miss he's him. the one fella who's about four inches taller than everyone. Yeah. Uh, Ian Henderson, who's been like in and out with fitness. But yeah, he's, he's on the line squad as well. Yeah, line squad. Uh, excellent around the pitch. Just brilliant all round player. Uh, and then you have Old Time Dylan, who's almost like maybe taking a step back in the squad. He's not as inclusive, but very, very good player and very Henderson esque almost, as in can play in the back row, yeah. good ball carrier, great tackler. Do so, you, do you think that could also be a negative thing? Like, if you're looking at it sort of football wise, the way John O'Shea could almost play so many positions, he wasn't the master of one, whereas the way Old Dylan now can play second row and he can play at the backs. Uh, well, they, the back row. The back row, yeah. Um, potentially yes potentially no I think it depends on who you're competing with and 
the strength of the squad. At the moment, like the strong squad is very strong, and the problem is that the squad is so strong at the moment. You're almost waiting for someone to get injured or someone to have a run of bad games to get into the squad. Or to, yeah, to yeah, get onto the bench. Yeah, to yeah. get onto the bench, and like at the moment, that's yeah. not really happening. But I suppose you're always going to need four second rows in the squad at any stage, anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if you're making up the numbers in training, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're going to need to have a full training squad yeah, against so, each other. So maybe it is a good thing to yeah. be. Yeah, so diverse anyway. Diverse, yeah. And then you look at the back row. And for me, this is their like most talented position globally. Um and unfortunately yes, Jamie Heesop did retire. Yeah. Um but you, you have like Dan Levy, Jordy Murphy, Vander Fleer, Sean O'Brien, who got injured again there the other week, um Peter O'Mahony, Tommy O'Donnell, um CJ Stander. I feel like I'm missing people still. Um, what's it like, Cohen? Yeah, oh Jack Conan. Conan. Yeah, all these like there's eight back rowers that I just named off the top of my head. Oh, and I, feel, I thought it was actually, but yeah, but obviously standard. Yeah, there's, standard, like, there's yeah. like ten. Yeah, 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 there's like ten very very good back rowers at the moment, and it, you know what? It's a headache that Joe Schmidt probably welcomes, but I still am 100 percent sure who is our back best back row. Yeah. Um, for me personally. Like it's it's quite strange because you have this thing that we're discussing before the podcast of which player makes an impact off the bench as well. You know what I mean? I look at maybe someone like Sean O'Brien if he is fully fit because he's such an explosive player. He could be the best to come off the bench because he can also play all three positions. He seems to be getting more and more injured though as well, doesn't he? He does indeed. Yeah. It could be like that wear and tear because he's played top yeah. level rugby for such a long, yeah, I know, yeah, long period of time. Yeah. But um, Peter Armani had another great tournament. Dan Levy, I think, was so good on, on, on the deck. He did such a good job seeing the ball. Although, he was exposed once or twice for his lack of pace in the Scotland game. And then, CJ Sander has more carries in the Six Nations than any other player. I was going to say, he looked brilliant there. Yeah, he's, he's just constantly brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. And then we're going to move into your element, Barry. The backs. I thought you were going to say the subs, but yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so scrum half, you have Conor Murray. And then, you have Luke McGrath, who... Uh, as, far as, where got, yeah. as far as where got injured and then Barryman came in as the sub um, look Conor Murray's probably the best scrum half in the world there's just don't you really like when they're attacking and then all of a sudden right, Conor Murray's just about to pick up the ball out, yeah. out of the rook and then he, he looks left or looks right doesn't matter and like they're mm. sexing you're just like there's total control going on yeah. there there's no there's no learner plates there mate you know no no it's it's probably the best halfback combination yeah. in the world, bar none. Yeah, but I'm I'm surprised even Sexton has been more targeted. Yeah, well, I think I think he was at one stage, but I think it's but I think what happened then is that the refs knew he was being targeted, so therefore you're getting harsher penalties when you sort of targeted Sexton. Well, but, what what age are roughly Sexton? I, I think they're both together. between like twenty nine and thirty one. Okay. If I was to put put a guarantee, so how much on it. how much longer would you see that going for? Well, like the World Cup's next year, and that's realistically that's all you sort of build towards. Well, that'll be that, that'll yeah. be. Probably them at their peak as well, though. You know? Yeah, no, well, it's probably going to be their last World Cup if you really think about it. Well, definitely together. Like, I'd say definitely together. Yeah. So the way I look at it that way is just Conor Murray's just so good, and I've seen so many like breakdowns by rugby pundits on like why he's the best scrum half in the world and why he's such a good interlink between the forwards and the backs. Yeah. And also his physical size is absolutely immense as well. Yeah. He can like hang in there with the big boys as well. He's definitely grown into it in the last couple of years because mm. with Sexton, he sort of seems like he's the same person mm. the last six, if Could not seven years. Could be contender to be a captain after Rory Bastard-Hart as well. Like, I, 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 I would be against it, yeah. yeah well, he plays every game. Yeah, but he also seems to be like the conductor of the orchestra, as you like to say. As, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very Barry Moore phrase. 
and then, <laughs> Do you know what yours is? It's like, what? at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have Johnny Sexton, who's just like on a different level. And yeah. if you had to say one where we where we can see is in depth, it's probably at half. And that's not to say, you know, Joey Carberry is not a very good player. But just when you see someone of Johnny Sexton's caliber, it's hard to emulate that level of greatness. Yeah, whatever looks him. He's the yeah. Tom Brady of yeah. the Ireland team. Yeah, he's just world class. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what more to say to him. There's not enough superlatives to say about Johnny Sexton that makes him so brilliant. He controls the game so well. He controls the game's tempo so well. His decision making is perfect. Like uh, we were playing Scotland and we got a penalty in, I'm going to say, the first 12 minutes and then he just crossed it a kick. It didn't work out, but the fact that he knew we had a penalty, he could make a move to go for a try went for a crossfield kick, didn't work out, but even his game management like that is just absolutely brilliant. And when he interlinks with Murray as well, yeah. it works out so well. I just remember uh, it was in this, was it the first half? And Scotland were breaking, it was like a two-on-one and, yeah. and Sexton was play, basically a fullback. Yeah. And then he just held off, held off and then smashed your man, your man passed it, but it was sort of like a, a four pass. Yeah. They lost, it got turned mm-hmm. over. Yeah. But uh, it was just like, that was just, like he didn't, like he didn't. Mm. Uh, he almost forced a mistake. Well, no, yeah. he definitely forced yeah. a mistake, but he didn't like crumble under the pressure. No. And no. then when you see that, you're like, you're like, fucking hell, we're on the class. He also comes across quite methodical, as in like he doesn't panic. He's like, this is like logically the best move for me to do. Was in like this is the highest chance of stopping them to score a try. If they score a try, yeah, I still did the yeah. right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what really brought the strength and depth conversation about was the centers because. We started the centres off with, as far as where it was, Bundyakai and Henshaw. Henshaw. And for me, if Stockdale wasn't in the tournament, Bundyakai could have been one of the players in the tournament as well. Such a solid game of 12. I'd love to see what those people's opinions were now that he shouldn't be playing for Ireland. Because I'd, lo- I'd say he changed a lot of their opinions now. Well, I haven't heard one person saying he shouldn't be in the squad now. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't heard I think about how many partners now is he at, uh, in, at centre? This is... I think he's had three partners in five games. Farrell, Henshaw, Ringrose. I, I, I think that's been it. But like, yeah. that, that, that's incredible. Yeah. In four and games. And that just shows where our strength and depth is. We had Henshaw and like people were looking at Henshaw and being like, he's the next Brian O'Driscoll, whatever. He's still very young. He's after getting second very bad injury now. So hopefully, like, I'll be interested to see what he's like when he comes back. But absolutely looks incredible as a player anyway. Yeah. Scores quite a few tries, makes a lot of tackles. Like, he's played fullback before. Like, very diverse player to have in the team. In his very first game for Connacht, he actually scored a try as well. Yeah. And then you have Chris Farrell coming in. And I was a bit like, Chris Farrell, like... I wasn't too aware of Chris Farrell. Yeah, to me, he doesn't like... I look at Chris Farrell and go, solid, if you know what I mean. I don't go, Chris Farrell, man the brilliant, match. yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, <laughs> man the match against Wales, I was like, what a performance. I was like, oh, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't believe how like, good he was. Now, I knew it was good, but it was more like... I uh, seven out of ten good. You know what I mean? It was sort of it's almost like watching the Irish football team play, and you're just like Robert Brady and Jeff Henry are very good, but like if you're playing against Brazil, they're not very good. You know what I mean? That's the way I viewed Chris Farrell. Then I watched him playing. Go, geez, he's actually definitely doing such a good job. Yeah. And then it was so unfortunate to see him get injured. And then you have Gary Ringrose come in, and he's one of the best players against Scotland. Uh, I I always look at Ringrose, and I've always thought he was. Like such class potential about him. But I still feel like he's physically slightly undersized. Yeah, same here. Yeah, but what a player. They'll come in age though. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you move on to the wings and fullback. Jacob Stockdale, Stockdale, six tries, more tries than anyone's 
ever got in the Six Nations. Good luck getting that jersey off. The, the player determined, man. Yeah, like, he just is. Or like, like even young player determined yeah. as well. Something, what, what, whatever, like top try scorer, potentially player determined, and definitely young player determined. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a thing in the Six Nations, uh, but it should be now. And he's been untouched. Yeah. Although, I will say, sometimes defensively, he is a bit frail. As in, like, I've seen him miss a few tackles, but then again, he's only 22 as well, so like he's probably not physically as large as some of the other players. I think he's even 21, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be overly confident if he came up against like, a very good New Zealand winger. Yeah. Defensively, I'd be a bit like... Well, what experience. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Keith Earls on the other wing, who could easily be the next best player in the tournament as well. It seems like... like yeah, I, yeah. I know we're saying that, yeah. but it seems like we're saying everyone's yeah. player too. Yeah, but like, there's just been so... <laughs> in fairness, Ireland won all their games, so therefore all their players are playing very, very well. And <laughs> Fan but, of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Keith Earls was absolutely brilliant all tournament. Yeah. There's like been no player who gives their all more than Keith Earls. <laughs> and you... Remember I've said before, like, you look Keith Earls and you're like... You're not too sure if he's the most skillful player on the team. It's almost a bit like Chris Farrell. It, it, and I'm like, I, don't, I mean this in the best way possible. You, you don't look at Keith Earls and go, oh, they're going to be shitting themselves Keith Earls playing against yeah. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same with Chris Farrell. Yeah, but but not, they well, put in such a solid performance yeah. time in, time out. So reliable. Yeah, but it almost makes sense because you can't have like Galacticos every position or else yeah. it doesn't really work. Yeah, no, that's, that, that you know is mean? very true. Yeah. He's like... And then, like, in terms of other wingers, like, you have Lara Moore. I know, like, he had a few frailties against Italy, but you got him in score sheet. Uh, you have Adam Byrne coming through, Conway coming through. Like, the Irish rugby team is very, very talented. You have Trimble as well. Trimble, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, if there is an injury possibility, you know what I mean? Zebo could come back from France. So, there's a lot of depth there. Do you think that'll happen? Um... Who knows? Like I would, I never rule it out because it's you shouldn't, and I don't think Zebo would ever turn down playing for Ireland again. Yeah. And Especially the way they're playing now. Yeah, the good thing about all those wingers is they're all very young. Bar Trimble, they're and all Z- very Zebo. young. Zebo, Zebo's not that young. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's sort of out of the squad at the moment. Oh, Bar Zebo, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, So like Stock, Stockdale, Laramore, Conway, and Adam Byrne, like they were the players who were in the squad at the start of the Six Nations tournament, and then fullback you have Carney. And then you have like Earls can play fullback, Carberry can play fullback. Um, oh, sorry, and you have Dave Carney as Dave well. Dave Carney, yeah. Like wing or fullback. You know I mean, there's plenty of depth there as well. Yeah. So, and Carney actually played brilliant this tournament. And I always thought maybe like Carney was on his way out as well. Band a match in the last game as well. Yeah, which was phenomenal. And people didn't want, people were writing on their wall they didn't want him in the squad. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact. Yeah. So but he was former what, what European Player of the Year. I think that was two thousand fifteen, maybe. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but like, yes, he doesn't have the gas as, as like as good as. Yeah, he, he he doesn't have breakaways. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it like he's definitely uh, not in his uh, peak right now. But uh, well, it's, it's funny how you can say that and he got man in the match. Yeah, well, like maybe he is uh, maybe he's peaking right at the right time for World Cup period. Because that's 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 basically what what it all comes down to. The World Cup is number uh, or is next year. We're after moving up to number two in the world rankings part of this England England team. We have the opportunity to win the Grand Slam in Twickenham on St Patrick's Day and the Triple Crown and the Triple Crown. The last time we won the both was uh, two thousand and nine, I think. The last time we won the Grand Slam and Triple Crown was two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was in uh, Wales. It was in Cardiff, was it? Cardiff in the Stadium, Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Or the Prince of Hadley Stadium, yeah. as it's called now. So that was nine years ago. So that seemed like a long time ago to have last won the Grand Slam. So, yeah. 
I feel like we're due it. And I feel like we're very much favourites to do it as well. No, they're definitely favourites. I mm. think, especially the way England are performing now. Yeah, so, look, it's probably the best time Irish rugby's ever had at the moment. I know, I know probably we said that back in 2009, but I really feel like this group of players, it's almost brilliant that there is that strength and depth, there is that competition for places, and we're not reliant as an, on, a, on O'Driscoll as we were probably pro, pro, uh, previously. Now, I know you might argue that we're probably very reliant on Johnny Sexton, but I think nearly all teams, like if you look at England, like they're very reliant on Owen Farrell. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Everyone has like a player who they look to and turn to. What do you think the main thing is? Because it obviously has to come down from the roots, so basically schools, rugby, and then the commitment, staying with it and going through all the way. But there has to be something that's keeping these players that want to keep playing. I think a lot of it is to do with the skills rugby and the way the skills rugby is such a... It's a big deal over here. Um, and then they're brought, then brought into Leinster and then they're sort of like... I think what I'm trying to say is that they're sort of well looked after up until they're at the level they need to be. Yeah. No, because I was told that like Robbie Henshaw was lucky to get into the Connick squad because there were so many injuries that he just had to go in and then he's yeah. going to try and straight away he was at the races. But the way we uh, were referencing the Leinster forwards, mm. um, there's so much competition there that they actually had to send one of their players off the Munster to get games. Yeah. So if you're really going to be committed, you might have to be like, right, it's going to be harder now at mm. Leinster, so I may as well go somewhere else. Potentially. So it depends on what your position is. Like if you're a back rower coming up at Leinster, you're almost better off going off to Connacht because competition for places isn't as high there. You actually have a better chance of getting yeah. in. And... Look, yeah, because remember, uh, like a load of Connacht players came through there recently as well. Yeah, last no. year. Yeah, no, Connacht there have really started to compete because they used to be sort of like almost looked down upon. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But they're not anymore. Not they're anymore, like yeah. when they play any of those teams, they're very competitive. But I suppose we should probably just look for look at the single game and go. What do you think are what What do you think we should focus on? What strengths should we focus on? And what do you think our potential weaknesses are? Um. See, the thing is, the team has been changing so much, but you can tell that they're definitely going to want to win this, mm. especially because last time, remember, England were, like, basically had an advert out, bragging oh, about, beating 11. Us. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. about beating us, and then we actually beat them into Wickham. So, I think they're just going to keep playing the same way they are. It's like a steady ship, and it just mm. keeps ticking over, ticking over, ticking over. And as long as Johnny Sexton conducts the play, I think they're, like, it'd be very England to, tip, uh, to target Johnny Sexton and yeah. try and, like, ruin whatever chance they have there. Uh, and and they, they'll see it as a big thing as well being in Paddy's Day as well mm. big Paddy's Day for me I think there's one or two defensive frailties against Colin we seem to be a bit weak when they go wide um, we seem to concede quite a few tries going wide and also there was moments where Scotland almost could have turned their game around but I think it's one of those things where you know it's going to be your year when those things sort of happen for you to look at the uh, Irish I, th- I think there was three times where Scotland should have probably went in and scored a try and they messed up. And obviously that would have completely changed the game if they yeah. got those tries. But there is those defensive frailties. But I think, then again, Joe Smith, he's going to look at the English style of play. He's going to read the way they're playing. I'd just be fearful over Johnny May or an Anthony Watson on the wing. Yeah. Like, running at us. Because I feel like they are very explosive and good try scorers. So, Especially it'd be interesting Watson, to see that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. But at the end of the day, I think that Irish team is too good and the momentum's riding too high for them England spirits are going to be down obviously they're going to get themselves up for this game but the Irish players are going to be up for this game as well yeah so the camaraderie is uh, frightening isn't it 
I'm convinced they're going to get the job done. And it's so exciting watching them as well. It's yeah. like really, really like there's always something happening, and you're just a bit like on your ed- on edge the whole time. Well, they played like they played four games and got three bonus points. You know what I mean? So like they yeah. they're scoring an awful lot of tries. Hopefully they don't just step back and just take it easy at yeah. the beginning. You want them to just go and smash them. Yeah, I'd rather they sort of you know they do. Hopefully they're not too conservative. Is I think what we mean, as in they yeah. like they go out and play the game as if they have to win it. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, but see, the thing is, it would all be sort of ruined if we mm. do lose the game yeah. as well. You know? it, it is weird to win a championship after losing the game. Yeah. But um, I think that's it. Is there well, any not other... this week. No, that's not, not this, this week. week. Not this week. Not this week. No, no I expect Ireland to win. And I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they won by about eight points as well. Is there any other... Uh... Also, if we, if we do win, England could potentially finish fifth. Which is, like, terrible for them. That's... Uh... See, it's up to them now as well. Does it? Like... Mm. Do they want it or not? Like, well, like that's what it is. Well, not... like they were actually odds-on favorites, weren't they? Before yeah. the tournament, and now they could end up fifth. Yeah, Jesus, that would be disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there anything else left on the old rugby? Form? No, uh, we're obviously going to do another one after the Six Nations. Yeah. It's totally finished. Um, yeah, and we'll probably like preview the World Cup then. Yeah. And See yeah. where we think we're going to come. Yeah, and we're in touch with a couple of the Irish players who. Yeah, these younger players. The younger players who. Uh, Said they would like to come on the show as well. So yes. that'd be cool as well, getting insight into the background. Yeah. Of and um, if you like the show, obviously give a five-star rating on iTunes or give the old heart on SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to it. Um, yeah. And also, one more thing to say. Oh, if there's anyone you particularly like to get us on or if you're interested in certain guests that you'd like to have us on or whatever, have on let us show, know. Yeah. Drop us a DM who you'd like to see us get on the show. But obviously don't say something like Brian O'Driscoll who's probably not going to do the show. <laughs> and as always stay energized